It's the Y'all Show with John Rawl, the general of all things Southern. Welcome in to another show as we've got a good one lined up for you on today's Y'all program. We're going to be talking with Precious Harris in hour or two. And what's finding, find out what's happening on Music Road, Nashville, Tennessee, USA. I know she's been out and about going to parties and such, release parties and perhaps some gold parties, maybe, if you know what that is. When they sell 500,000 records, you get to have a big celebration. Now, those are nice, but platinum parties are even better when they sell a million copies. Uh, not a lot of people are doing that these days. And Precious will have all kinds of goodies from Music Row when we talk to her in an hour or two. We'll also give you the hashtag hullabaloo for today. And we'll look at some Southern history uh, that happened here on this day. Something that happened during the American Revolution and an important event in the Civil War that you may not be aware of. It had nothing to do with a battle. It had to do with Congress of the United States Congress, that is, trying to justify the reason for going to war. And it happened on this date in 1861. And it may surprise you what the U.S. Congress decided as the nation was being torn apart. We'll have information on that. This hour, we'll be spotlighting the Atlantic Coast Conference. They had their ACC football kickoff in Charlotte last week. We've got audio coming up today from UNC head football coach Larry Fedora. He actually made headlines with some of the words he said about CTE. We're going to play that for you on today's show. We'll also hear from the new head football coach of the Florida State Seminoles, Willie Taggart spoke at ACC kickoff. We've got that, plus Dabo Sweeney and Paul Johnson, the head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, talking about Clemson and the arms race going on between the Jackets and the Tigers. So we've got that in this hour, so hang on to your britches for that. But right now on the Y'all Show, we'll get things going with our look across the headlines across the southeast. Again, we want to remind you, if you want to reach out to us here on the Y'all Show, you're welcome to do that anytime. Our number is 803-816-1170. Well, President Trump is telling farmers to just be patient. As you may know, there's been some things going on between the U.S. and countries like China with tariffs and China threatening to cut off certain imports and, and taxation on those imports. Well, the, tr the president is encouraging farmers, I've got your back, just, just be patient. Well, farmers impacted by tariffs are now going to receive $12 billion in aid. The president announced this plan on Tuesday, and it will affect farmers uh, that are affected by foreign tariffs. This money will be used to soybean farmers, going to soybean farmers and others caught in Chinese tariffs. Part of the plan will also purchase some excess crops and find new markets to promote trade. The Department of Agriculture calls this a short-term solution while the president tries to strike a balance in global trade. Countries like China are already counterattacking with tariffs of their own on products like soybeans, but also beef and rice. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson says that he hopes this won't have any long-term adverse effect on Arkansas agriculture, and you can expect that other governors across the southeast have the same sentiment that Hutchinson has in the natural state. But it looks like farmers getting some kind of relief from the U.S. government, but what, what we all need is the best deal for American farmers and the best deal for America, and that's what the, the hopeful result will be from this tariff 
issue going on. I don't want to call that a war because that's not really fair, but it is a a point of contention, you could say, uh, going on between the U.S. And, and other countries. Today in Washington, the head of the European Union is stopping by the White House to visit with the president and discuss the issue going on between the U.S. and, and the EU when it comes to trade. So we'll have more on that. In the state of Georgia, Tuesday, we told you all about on the Tuesday, y'all, the runoff for governor going on the Republican side between Brian Kemp and Lieutenant Governor Cagle. Well, Kemp had a convincing win Tuesday night, and he now moves on to face Stacey Abrams, the Democratic nominee in the general election in November. Kemp held a very exciting rally in Athens, his hometown, and he linked Miss Abrams to Hillary Clinton in his victory celebration. Kemp had a nearly 40-point lead in Tuesday's runoff over his opponent, Casey Cagle, the, as we said, lieutenant governor of the state of Georgia. But Kemp got the support of President Trump, who was very quick to say, congratulations to Brian Kemp on your very big win in Georgia last night. Wow, 69 to 30. Those are big numbers. Now go in against the open border crime-loving opponent that the Democrats have given you. She is weak on vets, the military, and the Second Amendment. Win! And President Trump sent that out today at 7.41 Eastern Time. So he was uh, definitely reading the, the headlines coming from this win. And, and the president certainly did help Brian Kemp come out of the race in Georgia victorious. And, and I think most people would agree with that. So... Trump, uh, Trump, the Trump effect there in full effect in the state of Georgia. Now, Trump was not able to help Roy Moore, but if you'll remember when Roy Moore was running for the U.S. Senate in Alabama, he originally didn't support Roy Moore. Roy Moore won a Republican primary and then went off against Doug Jones and a head-on, head-to-head Democrat versus Republican, and Roy Moore lost that. Well, now Roy Moore is threatening to bring more lawsuits today. He's expected to announce further actions against new defendants for defamation of character and reputation during the U.S. Senate election of December 2017. Now, Morris called press conferences in the past, but then canceled just before it was about to begin. He's already involved in lawsuits in Montgomery and Etowah counties relating to allegations of sexual abuse made against him about a month before the election. Moore has repeatedly denied all accusations. So Roy Moore, not out of the public spotlight yet. He's very upset about what happened with this special election in December of 2017. And he was tarred and feathered publicly. Now, he could have been guilty, and he could he could be worthy of the criticism that he got. But according to the laws, he never has been arrested, and he's not had anything formally charged against him. It's all been speculation. It's all been I think it was the New York Times that went to Alabama and spent like two months researching this kind of stuff. So I know it was a major factor in his Senate race against Jones, and it cost him his, it cost him. There's no reason a Democratic senator should be representing Alabama based on how red Alabama is. But when you have pedophilia being thrown, <coughs> but when you have pedophilia charges, or the potential of pedophilia being charged against you, it, that does level the playing field for sure. But Roy Moore not going quietly in his loss in December.
Cox Media. Are you familiar with Cox Media? They own the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and they also own a bunch of television stations across the country. Well, they just announced on Tuesday they're selling television stations, including some in Metro Atlanta. WSB-TV and several radio stations in Atlanta are also part of the deal, and the company announced that they're selling all of their 14-rate television stations and merging with a larger company, and this includes TV station WSB. Merging with another company will gain more bargaining power, according to industry insiders. Cox Media is selling television stations, some of which are beyond Atlanta. In Baton Rouge, remember we told you how they had a three-day sign-up for being in, a, in the November 6th election? Well, that period ended on Friday, and because of that, it brought some unexpected results in who all signed up. In fact, one congressional candidate, after signing up, was led out in handcuffs <laughs> during the sign-up period. And the interim Secretary of State, who has repeatedly said he won't run in the special election for the job, he changed his mind only 10 minutes before qualifying wrapped up Friday. Oh, gosh. Uh, weird stuff going on in the Pelican State. Republican Interim Secretary of State Kyle Ardwan announced he registered to run to hold on to his seat. And that was a some, somewhat of a surprise there in Baton Rouge. But also, how about this one? Billy Burkett, an independent candidate, he filled out his paperwork for the 5th District Congressional Race. But then East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's deputies held him on site, arrested him, and let him out of the Secretary of State's office in handcuffs because he had an outstanding warrant. <laughs> Can't make this up. If you're going to run for office, especially for Congress, you might want to make sure you don't have any warrants. And that's what happened there in Louisiana. To Tennessee and in Smithville, a mayor and his son have been charged with theft. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation said agents allege that the two men were responsible for theft through unlawful payment of wages between 71-year-old Smithville Mayor Jimmy Wayne Pulse and his son, 50-year-old Anthony Wayne Pulse. And these payments went on from August through March, allegedly. The mayor is charged with unofficial misconduct, and both men are charged with theft over $2,500. They were arrested Tuesday and a grand jury indicted the men on Monday there in DeKalb County, Tennessee. Now to Annapolis, and I don't have the hometown of this midshipman, but this is just a bad story coming out from our nation's Naval Military Academy. As the U.S. Naval Academy announced Tuesday, it is bringing charges against a midshipman who allegedly distributed illegal drugs to fellow midshipmen there at the U.S. Naval Academy. And this included cocaine being distributed. The charges include failure to obey a general regulation, making a false official statement, and possession of illegal substances. The charges also include possession of illegal substances with intent to distribute, use of illegal substances, and distribution of illegal substances. Not good there for David McKinney. He's the midshipman that's been arrested by the authorities in Annapolis, Maryland, and this is a, a bad scene for our nation's military. The, the individuals all part of this, he was just one of several. Police identified Zachary Williams of Ohio, also as part of this sting, and more. Officers searched vehicles and found 33 grams of ecstasy, 4.6 grams of cocaine, a scale, and more. 
a bond and a bail was set at $142,000. So not good for the U.S. Naval Academy with midshipmen being involved in this kind of illegal activity. Plano, Texas. Well, the police officials there wear body cameras, and it has gone over well. In fact, we've seen body cameras now being accepted more and more all across law enforcement. Well, in Plano, they're thinking about adding body cameras to city employees. Animal services officers in Plano are now equipped with body cameras to record their interactions with people and animals on calls. And now that could extend to other agencies within the city of Plano. So I I think it works out well. You just never know what people might accuse your employees of or what they might be doing. I, I guess it's also a way for the boss men to boss men and boss women to spy on the employees, make sure they're out there doing what they're supposed to be doing and not sitting in a truck all day smoking and joking. <laughs> but in Plano, Texas, they are now considering adding body cameras to other officials within the and people working through the city, not just in law enforcement. Hmm. Sounds like a pretty good idea. Could could catch on. Olive Branch, Mississippi, a man there has accomplished a special milestone driving trucks. He has driven a million miles accident and ticket free. Yeah. How about Edward Faulkner? One million miles of safe driving. He's not received a ticket or been involved in any kind of accident at any time despite going all of those miles. He was presented with a certificate for his commitment to safe trucking from the Olive Branch, Mississippi Police Department. Great job. I honestly can't say that I've ever driven a, mi a million miles in my life, but I know that I already have tickets, and I've even had a little fender bender along the way, and I'm sure many of you are in that same category. To Jacksonville, Florida, and this is a story that is just sad, but it has a happy ending. The beer is safe after a Bud Light truck caught fire in Jacksonville. Yeah, thankfully no beer, firefighters, or even the driver were injured when this Bud Light semi-truck caught fire in Jacksonville. The southbound lane on I-95 had to be shut down because of the fire. Crews were able to put out hot spots on the truck to assure the cargo was unharmed, and the Jacksonville Fire and Rescue Department tweeted, Good news, beer fans. No beer was hurt in this accident. Well, I think we can all feel better now knowing that the Bud Light will safely live on and not be damaged after a fire caught there, a fire catching fire in Jacksonville, Florida. In the state of Virginia, remains found at the Jamestown site may actually belong to one of Virginia's prominent early governors. Archaeologists have discovered the remains of the man they think oversaw the first representative government assembly in English America. The Washington Post reported earlier this week the bones were found in Jamestown on the site of the first permanent English colony, and the skeleton may belong to Sir George Yardley, who was about 40 when he died in the year 1627. He served as governor of the colony three times. He also convened the first meeting of the House of Burgesses in 1619. So, archaeologists working there in Jamestown, a lovely spot if you haven't been to there and in, in Virginia it is definitely worth worth the price of admission. And finally here in our news blast, this is a kind of a tease for next hour when Precious Harris will be stopping by with her Nashville music line. We've got a poll, poll to, to tell you and, and we'll tell you the results of the poll here. 
This was put out in Nashville by WSMV Television. Which female country artist should open a honky-tonk in Nashville? You know, there's actually some bands in country music that are making hits today that have their own venues. Like, I think there's a, a place called FGL for Florida Georgia Line. They have a their own kind of bar, honky-tonk, in Nashville. And I, I know there are maybe a few others. Well, the poll question is, which country artist that's a female should open one in Nashville? And we've got the results. And... I'm not too surprised by that. With 33% of the votes, Miranda Lambert is out in front of everybody. Trailing her is Dolly Parton. Yeah, Dolly should open up a honky-tonk in Nashville. That, that would be good. Also right there in the mix, around 15% is Carrie Underwood, a fellow Oklahoman to Reba McIntyre, who's in here at 18% as well. 18% for Reba, Dolly, Miranda, Carrie Underwood. Others getting votes include Trisha Yearwood, and probably the female country artist that would have the coolest honky-tonk because she's got a, a festive life that she's lived for a long time, Tanya Tucker. <laughs> she's in the mix, too. So a fun poll put out by WSMV Channel 4 in Nashville. And again, Precious will be on an hour, too, for a report of what's going on in Nashville and on Music Row, and I'll have to get her take on who should open a honky-tonk in Music City. Well, coming up next, we will turn our attention from the honky-tonks to the gridiron as we'll be talking ACC football kickoff. We've got audio from UNC football coach Larry Fedora. That's up next on Y'all with John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint Network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title Premium Music Streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit and third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. When you don't have a big marketing budget, you have to wait until the opportunity is just right. Well, consider this your opportunity alarm going off. Vistaprint's semi-annual sale has arrived with up to 50% off site-wide, including custom postcards, signs, invitations, posters, and more. And with tons of business card options, like square cards, now's the time to get huge savings on them, too. Make the most of this opportunity. Go to vistaprint.com by July 24th and enter the promo code SAVEBIG.
And welcome back to Y'all, the show all about the South with John Rawl. We're talking ACC football now as we give the ACC a spotlight each and every week on the program. We've got SEC action coming tomorrow. We'll have Chris Lee, publisher of VandySports.com, stopping by. And he's going to tell us all about the Vanderbilt Commodores. VU, anchored down. (laughs) Vanderbilt. The best SEC team in the state of Tennessee, at least based on the fact that they've beaten the Vols for a couple of years now. Yeah, Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt wants to get even better in 2018. And we'll find out all what's going on with the black and gold on the Thursday show with Chris Lee, uh, an old friend of mine. And he and I have worked in radio together a long time. It'll be good to catch up with Chris and learn about Vandy. And we'll get his take on the SEC, too, while he's on the Thursday, y'all. But right now, it's ACC. ACC had their football kickoff last week in Charlotte. And up first today on the show, we're going to have Larry Fedora, head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels. And he made some headlines for some of the comments he said. And I'm not going to give you a a kind of skew what he said. I want you to make that opinion for yourself. I'm going to play that so-called controversial comment he was talking about with CTE momentarily. But just to give you an idea of UNC football, they had a rough year last year. They, they've been very good since Fedora arrived in Chapel Hill from Southern Miss, but last year was not a very good year for UNC, and they're looking to get back on track. Now, in 2018, it's going to be tough for the Hills. They start the year with two straight road games, neither of which are gimmies. Their first game is going to be at Cal. They go all the way to Berkeley for a September 1st game against the Bears. And remember, Cal came to Chapel Hill and won last year and really kind of set the tone for what would be a bad year for UNC. So the Hills and the Bears in Berkeley, September 1st. And then North Carolina comes back to the state of North Carolina, but they're not playing at home. they got to go to a trap game in Greenville where they play the East Carolina Pirates on September 8th. And you know the purple and gold will be up for that one as the flagship school of the state comes to East Carolina. That's going to be a tough one. Then, when they finally do get a home game at Keenan Stadium on September 15th, they're actually going to be playing the national champs. Yeah, but not Alabama. UCF. Remember UCF, the undefeated Knights of 2017? Well, they'll be coming to North Carolina for a game on the 15th of September, and a game that's going to be on ABC UNC, UCF, right there. And the Hills start ACC play on September 22nd at home against the Pitt Panthers. But right now, let's hear from the head heel, Larry Fedora, as he spoke to the media at ACC football kickoff. Probably the most important thing we talked about is that we didn't want to forget what happened. You know, that uh, I didn't want to put it behind us. You know, I, I wanted it to be something that was focused on. I wanted everybody to remember exactly what their stomach felt like each and every time things didn't go the way we wanted, whatever the reasons were, and uh, to make sure we learned from everything that happened. You know, of course, we went back and broke everything down and you know, analyzed everything, but uh, the main thing was uh, wanting them to under, I wanted them to know what that felt like. You know. Things, Some were, of those things were ugly after the Detroit Bowl game, maybe for different reasons than, than last year. How do you like in that situation and how you were able to turn it around and what you're obviously hoping to do here? Yeah, well, this, you know, last year wasn't my first year as a football coach. So, I mean, you, you deal with adversity 
uh, every single year, some more, some less. I mean, but uh, you know, in, in every one of those scenarios, you're learning something and you're, you're taking that and you're applying it to adversity in the future. You know, and so, I mean, uh, I mean, the things that happened in 14 were a little bit different, but you're, anytime you have adversity, you're learning how to overcome it. You know, and then in 15, we had a, a really good year, you know, so our guys learn from those experiences. And I look, I look for our guys to do the exact same thing. I look for them to have learned. I look for us, to, each and every kid, to be better than they were last year. Uh, I'll be a better coach. I'll be a better husband, a better father. You know, our, our assistant coaches will be better. Everybody will be better because of what happened to us last year. A few of us got a chance to speak with Bubba Cunningham last week and about the, the study that you guys did about the injuries last year. And among the many things that he said is that there would be some changes in how fall camp goes this year, how you guys do some things. Can you share with us some of the changes that you're going to make as a result of that study? Nope. <laughs> Coach? I mean, okay. you, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. Well, no, I just some of the changes that guard against, might guard against injuries or having well, the rash. Then it makes it sound year. like that we, we, before that, were doing things to incur injuries. You know, uh, and that's the way that makes that sound. And so I, I'm not going to. Well, I mean, we were doing the same things last year that we were doing in 15 and 14 and 13 and 12 and 11 and 10 and 9 and 8. Ever since I've been a head coach, and we've never run across injuries like that. So I'm not going to blame it on the way we trained or the way we. You know, now are we going to tweak things to try to make things better? Yeah, we're going to do that. But we do that every single year. I mean, we analyze every 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 part of our program and then we always tweak it I mean every you know so but I don't want to make it sound like we're making a bunch of changes just because we had some injuries last year because that's not that's not true well let me ask this in the study that you guys did as extensive as it was did you did you learn anything that maybe you didn't yeah, I, I learned that it wasn't one common denominator you know it wasn't uh, you know from everything from it wasn't the field conditions it wasn't uh, it wasn't the actual training that we were doing it was, I mean it was a uh, you know a variety of things, if you would say it that way. And so, yeah, we, we, we're going to tweak some things, and I can't guarantee that that's going to be the answer. But we're going to make the best educated decision that we can, and I'm going to make that decision, and then I'm going to live with it. You with those tweaks, are there more educated stretching or, or strength conditioning, how those things go, and rest, and I think yoga, and that kind I, of stuff? I, well, but we were doing all those things beforehand. So, you know, I think the biggest emphasis that we're making with our players since that time is how important the rest and recovery phase is, you know, and making sure that when there's when it's time to sleep, that you're sleeping, you know, that your 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 body has the chance to recover. But I don't, you know, again, you guys, I have never put last season all on injuries, and I'm not going to. You you spoke so passionately Monday about how important the game is, of football is to you, and I think you even likened it to what makes to all of America right? America. It is. Can, yeah. Does that does that then sharpen your focus on wanting to find ways to constantly be bettering the game, or does it make it tougher for you to see realities too? No, it, it's uh, it, it is. You know, I, I do believe we're, we're involved in the greatest game there is on earth. I really do, and I do believe it's it's what makes our country so great. And I, I mean, I'm passionate about that. And the things that we change year in and year out, and tweaking the game for player safety, all of those things. I think are good for the game, and I said it in there. I think the game is safer right now than it's ever been in the history of the game. That doesn't mean you're going to eliminate all kind of, in, I mean, all the injuries. It's just not, it's not possible. But the game is better than it's ever been, and I believe the game's under attack right now. I really do. And uh, if we're not careful, 
you know, we're going to lose what the real, what the game is all about. Who do you think is, to use your word, attacking the game? Uh, well. <laughs> Blaming us? No, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming anybody. I, I, I blame a, a groundswell of, uh, of uh, data that is uh, tweaked one way or the other because I can take the data and I can make it look one way. You can take the data and make it look in another way. And whoever's presenting it is the one that gets to say so. And, uh, you know, so uh, are there some things that have, have are negative about the game? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But again, I think as you look over time, I can tell you just in my lifetime from when I played the game early on to where we are today, here's a huge difference in the way the game is played and the way athletes are taken care of. Larry Fedora, head coach of North Carolina at the ACC football kickoff. Well, a new coach in the league this year is Willie Tacker, who comes to Tallahassee from Oregon. He was really there briefly after he'd been at South Florida for a while. And now he's at FSU leading the Knowles following the departure of Jimbo Fisher from Tallahassee to College Station. The Seminoles get going. They get into the fray early as they face off against Virginia Tech on Labor Day. They're going to be the big Labor Day game this year against Virginia Tech in a conference game on Labor Day with the Hokies. Taggart spoke at ACC football kickoff. Here's what he had to say. Coach, it was just a couple of years ago you were coming off six wins in two years. Then you found success at South Florida. I don't remember that. <laughs> what did you learn then that led to your journey getting here to Tallahassee? Uh, what did I learn then? Um, to stick to the plan, you know. Uh, don't, don't just give up because everyone else thinks it's not going the way that you want it to go. Uh, stick to the plan, believe in your players, believe in the system, and uh, um, just keep working to see it through. You know, I, I was told a long time when I became a head football coach, um, in order to be successful, you got to have a vision. Um, you got you to have a plan. You got to have an unbelievable work ethic, and probably the most important thing, you got to have the patience to see it through. And you got to be careful when you say patience, you know, uh, as long as they're progressed. Uh, while being patient, um, things are headed in the right direction. And, and luckily, we had a, a great administration um, at South Florida that understood that and, and saw it through. And great things happened from that standpoint. And um, I think that's part of what I learned about it all. Coach, you had brought up the tagline, lethal simplicity. Just to expand on that a little bit as we head into the fall about what that means for Florida State. Um, just allowing, I, I think you heard Brian talk about it earlier, just um, allowing guys, just with the defense, allowing guys to line up and play football. We have some talented football players on our team, and, and we as coaches can't confuse them by being so complicated uh, with a game that's simple and a game that these kids have been playing all their life, and we got to allow them to go play the game of football like we all know they can play and like we recruited them to play for. So um, just being simple and allowing our guys to play the game of football and have fun doing it and, um, and also realizing they have a lot of other things on their plate so you can't be as complicated as you want to be. Um, just keeping it simple and, and allowing them to be um, great at what they do. David Hood with TigerNet. Coach, I, I talked to you shortly after you took the job at Oregon when you stopped by Clemson for a day. If you had known, this is kind of jokingly, but if you had known that a year later you would be coaching the rival, would you have paid a little bit more attention to things around there? And then the second part would be, 
you know, what did you take away from that visit with Dabo and his staff and, and kind of being on campus? Um, I wouldn't say I would have paid a, a lot more attention. I've, I played, I paid a lot of attention while I was there. Um, um, Coach Sweeney um, has done a great job at Clemson, and, and um, I loved how he ran his program and um, had a chance to meet with his offensive coordinator the year before and was really impressed with him. And um, I think after meeting Coach Scott, I was like, I want to meet Coach Sweeney and, and see how all of this thing originated. But um, they've done a great job over the years. And once you, you go there and you get around the program and you see the environment, you see the culture, you can understand why they're having a lot of success at, at Clemson. So um, um, that was the purpose of going there. And, and it kind of, for me personally, just as a young coach and moving his way up, um, kind of clarify some things to me that we are doing it the right way where we're at and, and continue to do things on the way we're doing it. We'll get to where we all want to go. Bob Holiday, WRL.com. Coach, welcome to the league. Thank you. Uh, in an explosive division, maybe the most explosive division in America, Florida State ranked last in offensive production last year. I was shocked to see that. Does that shock you? Uh, yeah, I think everything about last year shocked me <laughs> when it came to Florida State. You so, know, um, but that's that's football and that's life and um, and that's behind us now and it's on us now to change those those things because we know we can be a lot better than what we we did last year and. Um, and that's the expectation for us to be a lot better than what we performed last year. And so I'm um, looking forward to our guys changing that, that narrative. How will your offense address those issues, you know, your style, your scheme, and, and maybe bring back the, the fast break football that, that people saw from Florida State in the 90s? Well, um, it all comes back to execute, execution. And so uh, we got to do a good job as coaches of explaining to our guys um, what, what it needs what needs to be done in order to uh, be effective. And, um, and then we got to, again, put it back on our players and, and hold them accountable to doing their, their job. We know we have talented players, and if we coach them up and, and they're disciplined and they're, they're fundamentally and technically sound, then um, we're going to be – we're going to have ourselves um, a good football team and, and a good offense, defense, or special team. So uh, we have talented players over there. Uh, we got to coach them up, and then uh, we got to go out and make those plays to change what happened from, from last year. Florida State head football coach Willie Taggart talking at the ACC football kickoff. Reminder, the Knowles and the Virginia Tech Hokies, Monday, September 3rd on Labor Day night, they face off at Doak Campbell Stadium in an ACC versus ACC matchup. Going to be a good one and a great way to get that first weekend of college football off and conclude it with that game right there between the Knowles and the Hokies. We'll go to a break. When we come back on the other side, we've got Clemson head football coach Dabo Sweeney. He made headlines for some thoughts that he had at ACC football media days, but what he said a week ago, is it hypocritical based on what we just found out about the Clemson football program last night, actually? We've got that, plus Georgia Tech head football coach Paul Johnson talks about Clemson when we come back on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2 liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the brotherhood of muscle. Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. 
the Y'all Show on a Wednesday. Welcome back into the show all about the South. I'm John Rawl, and our Twitter account is at Y'all Show. Encourage you to follow us and tweet at us. Get your input here on this program all about y'all. Well, the ACC is in our spotlight right now, and the Atlantic Coast Conference held its kickoff event last week to kind of get the media fired up for the upcoming football season. Clemson has been a force in college football the last four years under head coach Dabo Sweeney. The Tigers, of course, were the 2016 national champs of college football. Last year, they lost to Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. They didn't have a chance to defend their championship last year, but they're expected to be right there with Bama competing for another title in 2018. And Dabo Sweeney was at the mic in Charlotte last week. We're going to go now and hear Coach Sweeney, who's done an unbelievable job in his roughly 10 years at the helm in Tigertown. And he's got a program that is a force. He, he is a force. He's a recruiting force. He's an inspirational guy. And he's not, he's not ashamed to talk about his faith, as you're about to hear in this clip right now. And then when we come back from here in the clip, we'll talk about something that just broke yesterday that is not exactly the best of news for Clemson football fans. Here's Dabo Sweeney now at ACC football kickoff. Well, I think we've got great coaches, uh, great recruiting, great development of players. Uh, all you got to do is look at the NFL draft. Um, and I think, I think we're second maybe uh, in, the, in draft picks over the last, I don't know, eight, nine years or whatever. And I don't think it's even close. So uh, good recruiting, good development of players, uh, and a lot of great coaching in this conference. So. Uh, but then stepping out and earning it on the field, you know, you got to go beat people. And I think uh, that rhetoric has changed. When I got the job nine years ago, you're exactly right. That's where we were, and we earned that too. Uh, we haven't beat anybody. Uh, and so uh, I used to tell people all the time, especially, I'd be like, guys, let's just shut up and go, we, if we, you know, we got to play people and you got to beat people. Well, then, that, then the story will change, and, and that's what's happened. So, uh, you know, we, we've done very, very well out of conference. Uh, our head-to-head -head rivalry games within this conference over the last three or four or five years speaks for itself. So, uh, and then again, just the competitiveness of the league. So, and then what we've done in bowl games, et cetera. Uh, I think we're, we're, we lost, we're five and one in our last six bowl games. Uh, and uh, we've played good people. Uh, so I think it just takes time. And, and we've been – it takes time and it takes consistency, you know, for people to kind of change the narrative a little bit. And that's what's happened. We, we've, we've been very consistent and we've done it over a good amount of time. To your left, second row, right in the middle. How you doing, Coach? Um, a, few, a few years ago you added a successful coach in Kyle Richardson. How has his addition further enhanced the strong coaching staff? Kyle? Uh, Kyle's been a great addition. He's a – He's a player development analyst coach for us and, uh, you know, uh, brought, in, brought in a great amount of uh, experience. Uh, grew up in Clemson, actually, so he's kind of from the area. And so uh, he's been an excellent addition. Uh, really proud to have him on our staff. He does an awesome job in, in uh, helping run the office when the coaches are gone uh, and helps uh, support our coaches in a tremendous way in, in uh, uh, game plan development. Coach, you talk about the bigger picture. When you hoist a trophy, you spend time talking about God and faith and what's above everything else, not just football. Can you speak on to that a little bit more? Because 
it's impressive that that's where you go when you get asked a question right after hoisting a trophy. So just what you can say to that. About my faith? Yeah. Man, that's, that's the easiest question I've had all day. Uh, well, I mean, to me, that's just the priorities of my life. That's just my, you know, I think that uh, I made a decision when I was 16. I grew up in a family that, you know, uh, I was taught, you know, there was a God and, and all that, but I didn't really have a relationship with Christ until I was 16. And that was a game changer for me. That's really uh, become the foundation of my life. And, and me personally, I don't really, it's hard to survive and thrive in this world if you don't have a spiritual foundation um, and have something that, that, you know, you, you can, that will give you peace uh, because life is hard and uh, we're all going to experience death and failure and setbacks and disappointments and cancer. And, you know, you just, it's just, it's a really difficult world and uh, uh, for me God is always in my relationship with Christ is he, he's given me hope and peace and you know I love Jeremiah 29 11 you know for I know the plans I have for you uh, that's that's kind of been a life verse for me uh, it says to give you you know a hope and a future their plans for good not disaster and so I've always taken that uh, and I've kind of applied that to my life along my journey you know, everybody sees me now, and I'm the head coach of Clemson and all this and that, but, you know, I, 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 my life hasn't always been this way. Um, and I've always used that as, to me, if there's really hope in the future, then there's power in the present to deal with whatever mess you're dealing with in your life. You know, to step through, to hang in there, to persevere, to continue to, to believe in something. Uh, and that's what, that's, what, that's what my relationship uh, what Christ did for me. It, it gave me uh, a hope and a belief, the ability to have a hope and a belief beyond my circumstances. And uh, so, you know, um, I, I, it's probably the greatest accomplishment that I have had to this point is, is to see my three sons come to know Christ and uh, to, to know him as, as their Lord and Savior. But, you know, those are personal decisions that people have to make. Uh, but it's just how I choose to live my life. I'm... Trust me, people know me know I ain't perfect, uh, but I do try to live my life in a way that, that uh, hopefully can be pleasing to my maker uh, because I know I'm going to meet him one day, and he's not going to pat me on the back and talk about how many wins I had, uh, how many Coach of the Year trophies we got, or how much money I made. He's, I really think he's going he's gonna to hold me accountable to uh, you know, how I took advantage of the opportunity and the blessings that he gave me the impact that I had on, on young people, the type of men that we developed through a game. Uh, so appreciate you asking that question. We, we can pass the bucket if y'all want. Let's uh, keep going. <laughs> Didn't expect that one. The head coach of the Clemson Tigers, Dabo Sweeney, talking about his team and his faith. And that was a great response there when he said that that's the easiest question he's gotten all day. And uh, he's a good guy. I've got a chance to meet him in the days that he was in Tuscaloosa. And, and uh, you know, if you know his story, he was essentially a walk-on player at Alabama as an undergrad and got a chance to play and was part of the 1992 championship team that the Coach Stallings had there in Tuscaloosa with the Tide when they beat Miami. Remember that? They beat Miami in the Sugar Bowl. And the first year that the Alabama Crimson Tide won the SEC football game, the championship game in Birmingham and Dabo Sweeney, part of that team. Well, Tuesday, Clemson, his team that he's coaching now, got in the news for, for the wrong reason because 
One of their players, defensive lineman Christian Wilkins, was caught on video doing a suggestive strip tease dance to an attendee at a preseason fundraiser for breast cancer research. And it looks bad. Now, I've seen similar things happen. A lot, uh, this, was, this was for breast cancer, which is a great thing. I'm glad the Clemson players are out doing, doing things. But I've seen other programs, especially like an SEC school, where I've seen video of a player on a football team at one of these ladies' clinics. Just about every football team puts on these ladies' clinics now. And he was essentially doing the same thing, taking his shirt off, stripping down, and these women go nuts. I guess a lot of them are married, and they haven't seen another guy with his shirt off in a while. Who knows? But this is a video out that Clemson does not look very good on with this. And the Gamecock fans in the state of South Carolina are really lighting it up because Dabo Sweeney, to his credit, he's not afraid to talk about his fate, and he's not afraid to talk about how positive his program is. But when things like this happen, the enemy, whether it's the Gamecocks or it's Georgia or it's possibly even Georgia Tech, they're going to pounce on you because, well, that's what happens when you're Clemson and, and when you're Alabama. But, yeah, that's not the best of news going on for Clemson right now as this strip tease is a v bad thing on video at least. Well, Paul Johnson, the head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, he's tired of Clemson. He's tired of Clemson beating him, although the Jackets have held their own for the most part, as we're about to hear from Coach Johnson. But Clemson's got a lot of stuff that Georgia Tech doesn't have, including facilities. And Coach Johnson got a question at ACC football kickoff about his cross-divisional rival and opponent. And here's the Georgia Tech coach talking about it now on the Y'all Show. You, you just mentioned the arms race. How, do you feel like Clemson building that multi-million dollar facility gives them a, a leg up competitively? And then how do schools that maybe don't have that as you mentioned, could compete on the field with schools that are throwing that kind of money at it? Well, it certainly doesn't hurt them. The, uh, I'm not sure that just that one aspect changes anything, but I think that just the overall commitment to the program, uh, not just with facilities, but with budgets, with personnel, with, with all those kind of things. And, uh, you, you know, every school is different. You, you know, Georgia Tech and Clemson are set up differently as far as the schools go. Uh, we have far less students. Uh, our fan base is probably not as big. We're not going to have as many people at the game. So we're not going to win an arms race with Clemson. But, you know, what we've got to do is sell what we have that's positive. And if I look, you know, they're our natural rival from the other side. I think we're five and six against Clemson. Uh, we'd like to be better. But so certainly it's not impossible for us to win. I think. Uh, the last time they came to Atlanta, they were ranked in the top five. I think we did win. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I think that what Dan and Coach and Dabo have done at Clemson is remarkable. Uh, they've been really consistent. And the commitment that they have to their football program is certainly visible. You can see that, not only with facilities, but with personnel, uh, with, with whatever you would need. Uh, but I don't think that everybody has to try to do that to compete. Everybody has to, to, to do positive with what they have. You know, we've got a great school academically. We're in a great city. Uh, we have a lot of positives that we can sell rather than, than facilities sometimes. But 
but you want you, you know certainly it's not going to hurt you to have those kind of facilities that's for sure the rambling wreck of georgia tech's head football coach paul johnson and the jackets start the 2018 season at home against the alcorn state braves on september 1st coach johnson they're talking about clemson and the jackets and clemson face off against each other this year in atlanta and that'll be a lot of a lot of orange in Atlanta for sure when that game happens uh, about midway through the season. Well, that concludes this hour one of today's Y'all Show. When we come back in hour two, stay with us. We'll have Precious Harris with the Nashville Music Line. What is going on in Music City, USA? Well, she'll tell us when the Y'all Show with John Rawl returns. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Lightning can spark a fire in seconds. So today, I'll show you how to protect your belongings by covering them in a fireproof blanket fort. All you need is a hammer, nails, and 700 fireproof blankets. Upon completion, you'll notice your apartment isn't just fireproof, it's also extremely cozy. You could try to protect your valuables with a fireproof blanket fort, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Go to geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Welcome back to Y'all, the show about the South, the show about the great music of the South. We've got Nashville Music Line in the next segment with Precious Harris. She's right at the computer now, finishing up some good information that she's going to share with us here in just a few seconds on the Y'all Show. So hang on for Precious, plus later this hour, a look at history from a Revolutionary War and a Civil War perspective. Two things that you may not be aware of that happened today in our southern history that involved both of those conflicts so we'll have that as we close up this hour two of a wednesday version of the y'all show with general john rawl now on y'all cue the music it's time for another episode of hashtag hello blue yeah where we dive headfirst into the madness of social media and today we've got both Twitter and Facebook comments to pass along to you. So buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> okay. This is from Ocean Dog. At Ocean Dog on Twitter. Ocean Dog's a writer, teacher, parent, Southerner, Blue Angels, LSU, Go Tigers. Okay. And this is what Ocean Dog wanted to take a picture of and share it with the world at Ocean Dog on Twitter. Go check it out. Great picture. Tomato sandwiches for lunch. Golly. I can't look at this thing. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Those tomatoes look absolutely perfect. Do you have tomatoes in your garden right now? Do you have Duke's mayonnaise to put that on a piece of bread and a little bit of ground pepper oh gosh if you don't like that we need to deport you from the south and i don't like it that much but it's kind of a rite of passage in july in the summertime when you've got a perfect garden tomato and you've got the right kind of bread and the right kind of mayonnaise 
it, it, you just got to have it. Now, I would rather have a piece of bacon on there. Now, if you give me a BLT, bacon, lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise, Duke, of course, now that is what, that's what we call true goodness. But cor ocean dog, I almost called you corn dog, which is a derogatory term used against LSU fans. And you're an LSU fan, corn, ocean, because <laughs> I can't even say it, corn dog, ocean dog. Uh, it's not a nice term if you're an LSU fan to be called a corn dog. But if you're an Ole Miss fan or you're an Alabama fan, you love to say corn dog. Corn dogs, corn dog. Okay, we don't want to get into a fight amongst SEC brethren here on the show, but Ocean Dog, very good picture, and we need to go to to the garden right now and pick us some some vine ripe tomatoes. And it, make sure it's your garden. I don't like people that steal from others. And it's so tempting if you're going down a road to see somebody's garden that's just beautiful. It's like, golly, I know they're not going to notice, but you, you can't do that. That's illegal. Don't think about doing that. Now, if you know the person, get permission and get the, maybe they'll, they'll let you, they'll loan you a tomato. Native Memphian 13 on Twitter. Native Memph 13 is the Twitter account. Proud mother and lover of all things Harry Potter, history, black and white movies, and pancakes. Views are her own. Native Memphis 13 says, My dog comes running when she hears the crack of a ripe watermelon being cut. Of course, she's a lady and eats with a fork. <laughs> now, I couldn't get my dog to do anything at the crack of a, a watermelon or a whip. So, Native Memphian, good job training your canine American for, for learning how to come running to a ripe watermelon. And kind of like tomatoes this time of year, those watermelons are sure delicious. This is peak time for good watermelons. And I know you've seen wherever you're driving in the south, you've got somebody in your town likely got a pickup truck with a bunch of watermelons that's been harvested, ready to sell. And go make a deal with them. Help them out. Sell those watermelons. Get those watermelons and, and enjoy them because, golly, don't you remember when you were a kid, when you got those watermelons and everybody got outside around a table that was usually not the world's best table. It's a table that doesn't mind if a, a knife cuts into it a little bit. And you chop a watermelon up and everybody just goes to town on it and you spit the seeds out. Now that's being Southern right there. And that's, that's something every Southerner should, should have at least once in their life. So yeah, great job for your dog hearing that watermelon being cut. And i tell you what, Native Memphian, if I hear that watermelon of yours being cut, I might come running too. And I don't even want you to pat me on the head. I just want a piece of that melon, okay? <laughs> Good stuff from Native Memphian. Christine on Twitter. Her Twitter handle is pretty funny. Jazz E. Runner is on Twitter at Christine. And she's from South Carolina. Independent thoughts that are only my own is what she writes. And here's what she says. Christine says, Confession. Often when I see WH, my first thought isn't White House, but Waffle House. <laughs> I guess Christine likes to follow what's going on in politics. And oftentimes you may see an acronym of WH for the White House. Christine, I, I feel your pain. I'm right there with you. When I see WH... I'm also tempted to think it might be Waffle House. Although, this is sad news, Christine, and most of the South that I've lived in in the last 
couple of years, most of the South, uh, the places I've been, Huddle House has been more common than Waffle House. That's hard to pull off, but yeah, Huddle House in the areas that I've lived in seems to be the more dominant franchise. I think they're both out of Georgia, but Waffle House is good, and that's something President Trump, if he wants to, if he wants to do something different to maybe get the media's attention away from Russia and away from his bully pup pulpit, <laughs> go into a Waffle House, President Trump. I don't know if they have any in D.C., but They've got to have them somewhere where you're going. I know Melania was in Nashville Tuesday. Go into a Waffle House. Sit down have a meal. Now, that would be something totally unique in the history of the presidency. Even Jimmy Carter, a native Georgian. I don't even think President Carter ever went into a Waffle House when he was president. That would be, that would be a lot of fun if that happened. Dixie Vodka on Twitter. We've mentioned them before. They build themselves as the South's best-tasting vodka. They've got a funny thing they put on their Twitter account, at Dixie Vodka. And that is a definition of reckon. The word reckon. By the way, their dictionary, which I love this. I want to go pat them on the back for coming up with this. Dictionary for Dixie Vodka is spelled D-I-X-I-E-O-N-A-R-Y. Dictionary. I love that. I might have to steal that one. Reckon, a verb, concede after calculation or some thought, be of the opinion. I reckon can replace phrases like I guess, I suppose, I think, and I imagine. Use I reckon it's time to fix a drink. And I'm sure Dixie Vodka wants you to fix one of their own drinks. But reckon, yeah, that, that's a that's a southern word. I reckon I reckon it is, <laughs> thanks to Dixie Vodka and their Dixie-anary, Dixie-anary that they have. The local craft food and drink in Coral Gables, Florida, home of The U. They've got a good tweet out there that I want to read, and they put this out this week. Happiest with hush puppies on the plate. Come get this, the local classic today. Hush puppies at the local craft food and drink in Coral Gables, They've got a picture of some delicious-looking hush puppies. It is amazing how many people don't know what hush puppies are, most of which are not from the South. But that is one of our great creations. And I assume the South created hush puppies. If they didn't, let's go ahead and claim it. Let's claim it as our own because, golly, it's, it, 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 it is truly something that you got to have and and don't you love to go to those seafood restaurants where they have almost like an unlimited number of hush puppies? You can just keep sending the basket back and your, the waitress or waiter will continue to bring you some more. Endless hush puppies. <laughs> now, that's good. I wish Captain D's, who has a pretty good hush puppy of their own, by the way. I don't know about Long John Silver's. But Captain D's has good hush puppies. I don't think they offer endless hush puppies at Captain D's, but they should. But maybe you've got a favorite place that has hush puppies with your catfish or your shrimp or whatever you're ordering. If they're done correctly, excellent stuff. You almost could get full eating hush puppies versus the real meal that's being served. Love them. Between talking about tomatoes today, 
or as some of us say, Demeters. <laughs> After talking about Demeters and watermelons and now hush puppies, is there a better show on the radio? I mean, come on. What else is out there? Is Hannity, what's Hannity got compared to this? What's Dave Ramsey got compared to this? And I want to talk bad about Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey was a columnist for y'all, the magazine, y'all.com, for a long time. Could not have been nicer. Could not have helped me out in starting y'all.com and the magazine. So we don't want to pick on him too much. But I doubt Dave Ramsey spent a whole lot of time talking about hush puppies on his show. Well, we're talking about him on the y'all show. And we're glad you have tuned us in on great radio stations across hush puppy land. Or if you're listening to us through the iTunes podcast download. Thank you for that. And thank you, the local craft food and drinking Carl Gables, for hush puppies. If they're eating hush puppies in a restaurant technically south of the city of Miami, Florida, and they're loving them, golly, can you imagine how big of a deal hush puppies are north of Miami, Florida, in places like Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee and other great states? Yeah, Mississippi, we'll include them too. Louisiana. Mm, mm, mm. Now let's move over to Facebook. I saw this picture on Facebook, and you got to check it out. Uh, it's it's from a group called Beagles for Life. Beagles, as in the the dog. Beagles for Life. I don't have a dog. I've never had a beagle, but I appreciate beagles. I know they're pretty smart dogs. Well, there's this Facebook group that someone shared that I saw called Beagles for Life. They got just the sweetest picture of beagle puppies swarming a little boy, and he's just laughing his fanny off with these puppies surrounding him. If you want a, a picture that makes you feel good on a Wednesday, check that out. <laughs> you know, sometimes on Facebook, even the most simple things make you smile after you see all the madness that's on Facebook. Beagles for life. Even if, you have, if you're a, more of a hound dog kind of person or a cat person, I suggest you go to their Facebook group and check it out and see that little boy being loved by those little puppies. Of course, it probably could have been a Rottweiler puppy hugging him and it would still have been a cute picture, a cute image. I think it's actually a video. Check it out, Beagles for Life on Facebook. My friend Jeremiah Short, he lives in Houston, Texas, and I saw him, uh, put, he put this on Facebook this week that I, I wanted to share. Jeremiah got very sentimental on his Facebook, and I, I, I thought it was funny because the other day I talked about going to the post office, and I was mad because when I go to the post office and I try to be a Southern gentleman, it all oftentimes bites me in the behind. I try to be nice and hold the door open for someone at the post office, and they'll come in, and then they'll go right to the line where I need to go wait in line to, to get postage stamps or mail uh, box or whatever. And so my act of kindness by opening the door means that I actually lose my place in line, and that's not fun. But at least I'm a Southern gentleman, <laughs> or I try to be, try to be. Well, Jeremiah, my friend in Houston, he put on Facebook, waiting in the post office line and witnessed a funny exchange. Customer said, I didn't know sending mail was this complicated. Post office worker said, it's not. 
Jeremiah says. Mic dropped. Okay, yeah, post office workers, bless their heart. We know they work hard, but I don't think they know the true agony of waiting in a post office line. And and some places, they got that rope way, way, way back. I mean, it's kind of like in football where they have the white line on the side of the on the sideline where you're not supposed to cross over or you'll get penalized with 15-yard penalty, I think it is, for crossing the area. And it's all done for safety. I don't think there's too much going on in a post office line that's going to cause you to get a bloody nose or break an arm or whatever like you might on a football sideline. But, yeah, post office, if you're listening, sometimes it's very frustrating to sit there in line. I go to a post office now where they usually have, and it's, it's like the main post office in the town, they usually have four different desks that someone could be working at. Oftentimes, only two of the four are being used. Usually, one of the four is only being used. And someone always comes up and says, does anybody just want to buy stamps or drop off? Well, no. I want you to weigh this that I brought in and tell me how much I owe you. I don't have a stamp for a priority mail mailing okay but post office to their credit i guess they do a good job and we we need them so thank you post office <laughs> jeremiah pick up that mic down in houston glenn stetson he is a friend of mine from college and he actually does not live in the united states right now he lives overseas and i saw on facebook that he wrote something that was quite funny and I, I want to share it with now Glenn comes from royalty as his dad is a member I say is because I think this quartet is still around the diamonds remember the diamonds from like the 1950s and the hits they had well his dad was a member of the diamonds which were active from 1953 to present they still tour and his dad is a member of that. And uh, the Diamonds with songs that got big success like Little Darling and The Stroll. Well, Glenn lives overseas. And on Facebook this week, I saw where he put, and Glenn grew up in America, proper fried chicken is not, repeat, not deep fried. It is pan fried. Brian, this chicken overnight and got the right spice mix with the flour Best batch I've made in ages. Glenn, okay, calm down, sir. Uh, I've not had what you're suggesting, pan-fried chicken. I've tried to cook chicken in, a, and I guess, the Lodge cast iron skillet. Uh, maybe that's what you're doing here. But I'll take fried chicken if it's good, pan-fried or deep-fried. I don't care. I just want it to be good. And I love the buttermilk recipe for, for fried chicken. I think that makes all the difference in the world. But, Glenn, I know you're overseas right now, and you're missing that fried chicken that you might have longed for living in there. His, his dad, by the way, is Glenn Stetson, who was a lead vocalist of the Diamonds. At one point, the Diamonds, which originally were from Canada, and had those songs, like we said, in the 50s and the 60s. But Glenn Stetson, Jr., he loves him some fried chicken. And uh, I guess KFC's in, in Europe. Glenn, if, if you find a KFC near you, 
you compare that because I know they don't they don't pan fry it at KFC, and I'll give KFC a lot of credit. They they've come out with a really good marketing campaign in the last year or so with Reba and other actors that uh, George Hamilton's on in, in there with uh, with his appearances as the Colonel. And I, have you been into a KFC lately? It's darn good. I mean, some of them even have, they, they've reinvented the buffet at KFCs across the South, at least. And it's, it's, it's a really good deal. At least the KFC I went into the other day was less than $10 for a KFC buffet. Or some Southerners say buffet. <laughs> and how about George Hamilton? I don't want to miss uh, giving him credit. He did play the extra crispy colonel in the KFC commercials. Of course, he's been picked on a long time for having kind of an extra crispy appearance. The dark skin and all that. George Hamilton, 78 years old now. Or should I say 78 years young. And we don't want to leave this out. He was born in Memphis, Tennessee. So George Hamilton, a native of West Tennessee, now his residence is listing as Palm Beach, Florida. But yeah, he started in the KFC commercials. And again, KFC, pretty darn good. Even my young son likes KFC. So we're bridging the gap of young and old with the great chicken that they're providing. Chicken, see there? Again, is Dave Ramsey talking about fried chicken on today's show is Sean Hannity is Rush Limbaugh heck no see this is a lot more fun ain't it <laughs> finally golly I love this region I know you love this region but we got something that I absolutely am scared of I almost I almost have to go to the bathroom every time I I, I think of this and, it, and, and, and anything can happen when I'm in the bathroom any any avenue of output could happen including throwing up, okay? I'm talking about tornadoes. They scare the living you-know-what out of me. Snot, other, other bodily functions, uh, they're, just, they're just bad news. We have them in the South. But a friend of mine put this on Facebook, and I thought I would share this with you because, because I can, okay? And the, it's, a, a, it's a GIF on Facebook, and it's got Tornado Warning is the heading. Tornado Warning. In the event of a tornado, put some wieners in your pockets. That way, the search dogs will find you first. <laughs> eh, okay, I'll try to remember that. But uh, this, that's pretty stupid. But uh, I saw that. I thought I'd share it with you. But uh, tornado warning, search dogs, hot dogs. I like hot dogs. I don't like tornadoes. Well, that wraps up the hashtag hullabaloo on this Wednesday, y'all. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee. Precious Harris and the Nashville Music Line is up next. So hang on to your cowboy hat. We'll be right back with y'all. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. 
Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title Premium Music Streaming. 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot. And full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan per Sprint account features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit and $30 activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. When you don't have a big marketing budget, you have to wait until the opportunity is just right. Well, consider this your opportunity alarm going off. Vistaprint's semi-annual sale has arrived with up to 50% off site-wide, including custom postcards, signs, invitations, posters, and more. And with tons of business card options, like square cards, now's the time to get huge savings on them, too. Make the most of this opportunity. Go to vistaprint.com by July 24th and enter the promo code SAVEBIG. Midnight's creeping in, we know better But leaving here together And in case you were wondering You've never looked hotter So why even bother Looking at the reasons not to Maybe we ought to Kiss a little more, think a little less Burning up the night like a cigarette Get you out of this bar, out of that dress Kiss a little more it's the Nashville Music Line. Welcome back to the Y'all Show. And the NML is where we find out what all is going on in Nashville, Tennessee, country music capital of the galaxy. Precious Harris joins me, John Rawl, each and every week here on the program. Precious, welcome back to Y'all. Well, thank you, dear. It's good to be back. It's been a crazy, fun week here. It has been, and that's why we've got you on the program. If you're not fortunate to love enough to live and love Nashville Music City and fortunate enough to live in Nashville, then we're all living vicariously through you, Precious. Well, thank you. And since the last stats last summer, I think they said 99 people were moving to Nashville a day. And you times that by, uh, you know, 300 days a year just tells you how big Nashville is growing and how fast. Yes. Well, so is country music. Uh, seems to be getting bigger and better every year. But at least uh, for old timers like me, we want to see more of the traditional sound if we can get it. Can you can you make that happen? Well, actually, it's, it's happening. We do have a couple of, like I know William Michael Morgan, who's on Warner Brothers. He's, you know, he's my dad, as he says. That's the most country I've heard since George Jones. Really? So he's uh, looking for songs now before he goes into the studio. So we're pretty happy about William Malcolm Morgan getting, you know, getting ready to do some stuff. So, you know, it's coming back. Um, I think it's always a full circle. You know, you always go through different people, different talent come to town and, you know, the consumers change. Mm -hmm. As consumers grow up, 
their taste of music changes. So, you know, 20 years ago, the consumers that were in their late 20s, early 30s, they loved the Garth Brooks and the Clint Blacks and things like that. Well, now you got uh, because of FGLA that flipped the country music star, uh, country music genre upside down. You have such a younger audience. So they're trying to maintain an audience from eight years old to 80. And sometimes that's really hard with just one genre. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to a person that's had some great success on the country music charts with songs like Think a Little Less that went to number three and a song that went to number one on the country airplay chart, Kiss You in the Morning. Michael Ray from Eustace, Florida. You have some news on Michael Ray. Yes. Well, actually, I helped bring Michael Ray to town several years ago. Okay. For the second time. He'd already been here one and it was didn't turn out as well as they thought. Actually, my friend, Kiss You in the Morning, Michael White co-wrote that song, so we went to his number one party, and it was such a celebration. And uh, But Michael is a special kind of artist. He really is very heartfelt about trying to help animals and do things like that, And uh, which I'm glad because he's actually got a charity that he actually got. Um, her, Wrigley is his dog, mm-hmm. and the charity is uh, he got hooked up with Puma, the the uh, Zappos uh, shoe, or carries the Puma shoes, the Puma shoes, and ended up doing a, a shoe that when you spy it, money goes to his shelter, the Wrigley Cares char- Charity. And, of course, his album just came out last month, uh, Amos, and uh, so he's just been rocking and rolling. So he stays busy. He actually had a concert last month out in front of Warner Brothers and had a dog adop- a dog adoption center set up to the side of the stage. So it was pretty cool. I think PetSmart joined in for that. So that's pretty cool. And the real juicy information, Precious, I need some confirmation on this. It was just announced that he is dating fellow country music singer Carly Pierce. You know anything about that? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. I knew you were going to ask me that. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, he, uh, they actually met and actually got to have some kind of a conversation. I mean, they know each other, you know, through the industry. Mm-hmm. But they met behind backstage at a New Faces show for Country Seminar. So they have, uh, you know, become really good friends, apparently, after that. Yeah, real good friends. Yeah, real good friends. And uh, But I thought, because I was at her number one party a couple of months back, and I'm thinking, wonder why Michael Ray is here. <laughs> well, now I know. I should have suspected that in the first place. But uh, Carly is a super sweet girl from Kentucky uh, that talked her parents into homeschooling her and letting her go to Dollywood when she was 16 years old. But she is, a, a, I think she's an only child from what I understand. But she's just super sweet. Her parents are just the the most supportive parents you would ever want to meet. And she so had, her and Michael Ray have a lot of good background and she's connections. Had, she's had the number one single, Every Little Thing, on the country airplay chart. So she's had chart success, too. Carly Pierce. Yes. Congrats. Yeah, she's to, had chart success. She's wonderful. Yep. Congrats to her and Michael Ray for teaming up more than just for music, it looks like. How about Toby I, Keith's daughter? I, I know you have some news on Crystal Keith. It's so fun to remember her back when she was in her teens and see her, you know, different pictures and stuff with Toby. Because I met Toby in 1992, 91, 92, when he first came to town and had his hit. Uh, they did something called the Triple Play Tour back then. And it was a guy named John Brandon, a lady named Shania Twain, and Toby Keith. And they toured to try to break all of them. They were the same label. Mm-hmm. 
together on tour, which I thought was a smart idea. I don't know why they're not doing that now because it would definitely, the way the economy is to save money and tour. Um, but Crystal's actually got an, um, is also have a, a duet out with one of my good friends, Lance Carpenter. Uh, Lance is one of my ASCAP buddies. Uh, and had a, and Lance, her singing partner, who she had a song with called Anyone Else, uh, Lance is actually the co-writer of Are You Gonna Kiss Me for Kelsey Ballerini. I think that's it. Okay. Um, but Lance, I've been watching him in town for like eight years, nine years. So to see him have this success is really good. And him and Crystal are just so good together on stage, you know. And, of course, Crystal is following in her father, father's footsteps. And her EP is titled Boulder. Now, I saw Crystal during CMA Fest and interviewed her. And then I saw um, her earlier this year at the 10 Pan South in first week in April. And for her to be at an acoustic show with a songwriter, you can really see that she has, in, you know, got the pipes of her father. Because you can usually tell an acoustic show if they can sing or they're faking it. And Crystal has such a crystal clear voice and lots of power. So I expect to see this album do really well. Now she's no so. spring. She's not just coming out, you know, at 16 years old. She's now 32 years old. Crystal Keith, yes. daughter of Toby. And let's yes. not forget, she's already had some success on the airplay chart before as she and her dad had a song out called Mockingbird in 2004 that went to number 27 on the chart. And then she's also had other songs that have gotten some airplay, like Daddy, Dance With Me, and one of my favorite songs, Precious, and I think of you every time I hear it, Get Your Redneck On. Oh, yeah. See, that's what I better. When, uh, <laughs> like back then, like I said, just, but I knew she was going to do it because she had said back then that the state had, the music bug had bit her. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but if, if you can see someone that's just got a natural flow of talent and a vocal ability that's from given from heaven – She's one of them. So I'm so glad she's doing it and not doing it just because of, you know, I don't want to do it because my dad did it. Yeah. But her and Toby, you know, Toby stays out of it. I will tell you that even though she signed to his label, Toby has people running the label. He sits back and he's there if she needs him, but he's letting her niche her own path, you know, yeah. which is really very good because sometimes it's really hard when you see your daughter out there and doing the same thing you did and you knew what a struggle it was when you came to town. But like I said, he's sitting back, back to like a quiet mouse. You know, if she needs anything, he's there. We're talking with Precious Harris, Nashville Music Line. Go to NashvilleMusicLine.com and read more about Precious and all that she has going on. She wrote the book College of Songology. If you want to learn more about how the music business works, that is a great read. And if you go to NashvilleMusicLine.com right now, you can learn about new artist Dustin Collins. Give us a sample of what you've got out there on your website, Precious. Okay, well, Dustin, uh, I knew it was going to be a good interview because I heard he, you know, they always call me when they got a Kentucky artist. Oh, Lord. Like, yeah, either Eddie Montgomery or Dust or uh, John Michael Montgomery or the Headhunters or someone that's pertaining to Kentucky. Like, I got an email about the Judd's opening. I think it's August the 10th at the Country Music Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, they're being from Ashland, Kentucky. So it was pretty cool. And I walked in the door and I said, Does your blood run blue? <laughs> and I always say Kentucky blue, you know, because of sports, of course. He goes, you bet your life it is. So I thought like, this is going to be a great interview. And it was. And he's probably one of the most personable, best interview people I've had for a new artist. He didn't act like he was scared of the microphone. I don't know whether it's because we had this common bond of loving Kentucky blue basketball, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, But he did have a number one hit last year and uh, called Cold Dead Hands. 
and he actually actually said once he did that you know but he released it before the shooting in vegas so um he went ahead and finished right uh, getting the record together writing everything on it and there's a really good he he taught i didn't have to he's not a one word interviewer he's a 30 word 40 word 50 word interviewer so i just let him talk and the interview is really cool but he basically said i write a song down every day i either write a title or something his album comes out august the 3rd and uh, it's called it's been a while but he's just got a great attitude i gotta read you a quote that he, he he gave to me because i sort of felt that way but i always i never i went ahead and got started to college because i thought if this doesn't work i've got to have a degree uh and he goes it's a lot of people come up with a backup plan this is my black backup plan if you leave yourself an escape it's always easy just to fall out of it but if you put yourself in the mindset that has to work i believe that anybody applies themselves enough to something they can accomplish it and he, he was in military because you know fort knox is right by his hometown of broad bartstown kentucky mm-hmm. uh, literally as a crow flies uh, but no he said you know and i think the military he said basically kept him focused on what the daily need was and he said i know to get to the next level daily i've got to do something for my career and he said so i either write a song down write a title down even if it's just a hum a melody he said, I do something for my career every day. And I said, that is so funny because that's what I tell my client. You know, when you do something for your career every day for 365 days, you are 365 steps closer to your dream than you were last year. Uh, so that's really good advice. That was so funny that he he did that. And I've never been to military, yeah. <laughs> never been to the Army. So it was pretty cool that he had the same mentality. Yeah. That I have just been here for 30 years on Music Row. Wise words coming from Dustin Collins. Also, you've got something to attend here in just a few days. A number one party for country newcomer Jordan Davis. Yes, he's a newbie. He's a, he's actually a, he's actually one of those kids that came here because his brother was here as a songwriter. And he was actually had a degree in environmental services. He said, I'm going to come out to National and hang out with my brother. Well, the songwriting bug bug bit him and next thing he knows he's in the writing circles with some big writers and um he ended up getting a record deal from his voice uh and some of the demos heard that her wow this this is artist songwriter is really good we need to take notice so he got his deal and since then he's already this and he's the first newcomer and to have the song certified platinum which is one million units out the door and to have 200 million streams um I think this is not going to be his only one's first single. Yeah. I think he's probably got a couple in the bag if I had to guess. He's also working on a new record, but I cannot wait to meet him and interview him next Tuesday. But you can um, you can check him out because he looks like uh, somebody from Duck's Dyn- Duck Dynasty, <laughs> okay. but he's, it's, it's a Jordan Davis official. Okay. So check him out, and, and you'll be real surprised. And he's a North Louisiana native just like Duck Dynasty, and his number one is for Singles You Up. Congrats to Jordan Davis. And finally – our trivia question we're going to leave you with today, Love Can Build a Bridge was a number one song 25 years ago this week for what country act? Do, 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 do. Uh, we'll, we'll not leave the audience hanging. You just talked about them because they're from Kentucky via Franklin, Tennessee, too. We've got to give Franklin some love. The Judds, Winona and Naomi, number one for Love Can Build a Bridge. 25 years ago, 1993. What a great song, which was co-written by Paul Overstreet. So a good song there 
Yeah, yeah uh, they're also getting their Walk of Fame too. Uh, next uh, couple of things too. So they uh, they've been they've got a lot. You know, they got their Walk of Fame star many years ago. Mm-hmm. So they're one of those. Uh, you know, even though they've been through a lot of stuff and you know been in the news a lot when Naomi got sick. Um, she actually put me on dialysis one time, and <laughs> when I went to Lexington to visit my aunt many, many, many years ago, and uh, when I entered, uh, we reconnected uh, back in the '80s, early '80s, when they first had their head out because they was on tour with Randy Travis and John Snyder was opening up for them at the Kentucky State Fair. So just to see how they've grown, you know, and through the years, it's just wonderful. You know, very proud of another Kentucky. You know, music. Something in the water, as they say, like Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Yeah, something in the coal mine. Yes. Precious Harris, <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. Again, you can go to NashvilleMusicLine.com and read all about the effervescent Precious and all that she has going on in Music City, USA. We can't thank you enough and look forward to hearing what you got next week when you give us a recap of these parties you're going to. Oh, yes. Oh, I promise. I will. It's going to be good. All right. Don't, don't drink too much or smoke too much. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just call me Pollyanna. Uh, okay, Polly. Thank you much. Okay. The Y'all Show will wrap it up for today. When we come back, we've got a little glimpse of Southern history that we want to share with you. So don't miss it. This is the Y'all Show with John Roll. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Tidal Premium Music Streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan per Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
We're wrapping up the Wednesday Y'all in this segment with John Rawl. This is Y'all. And in the South, we're, we love our history. And we have a military history of the South that is unparalleled in America as we, in most of the South and along the Eastern Corridor, were part of the American Revolution. Many of our states part of the 13 colonies. And in the Revolutionary War, on this date in 1780, American General Horatio Gates took command of the Southern Army from Major General Johann DeCamp at Cox's Mill, North Carolina. And when he took command, the Patriots numbered about 1,200 regulars, and they were absolutely devastated by hunger, and they needed equipment, and things were just not going well for the American Patriots in 1780. But Horatio Gates helped revitalize the Southern Division of the American soldiers, and after they had lost the Battle of Charleston to the British, and even General Benjamin Lincoln was captured by the Redcoats, Gates was able to restore the Continental Army, and he, along with Charles Lee, helped defeat the British. They ended up gathering more patriots, and with militia from Virginia and North Carolina, Gates led his forces into the battle against General Cornwallis at Camden, South Carolina, in August of 1780, and was able to have that battle. Ultimately, as we all know, the American Continental soldiers were able to win in the South, they won at Yorktown, the Revolutionary War came to an end, and it in part is due to Horatio Gates in 1780 taking over command of the Southern Army of the American Revolutionary War, on the American side at least, versus the British, the Redcoats. That happened 200 and whatever years that was uh, from today, almost 250 I guess. Now to the year 1861. Have you heard of this? The Crittenden-Johnson Resolution. Well, that was passed on this day in 1861. And Congress passed that, declaring that the war that was being fought, the Civil War at that time, was being waged not for slavery and the ending of it, but it was being waged for the reunion of the states and not to interfere with the institutions of the South, namely slavery. This was important because it helped keep the states of Missouri, Kentucky, and Maryland in the Union as a result of the Crittenden-Johnson Resolution, again passed by the U.S. Congress on July 25, 1861, of which many southern states had already left the Union at that point, if you know your history. But those states that were southern-leaning but had not yet left the South, left for the South, this was a compromise intended to keep them. They said, okay, we're not fighting the war for slavery. We're fighting to keep the war. We're fighting to keep America together. It helps complicate things. And oftentimes we're told in 2018, the Civil War was all about slavery. Now, there is some truth to that. There's a, a very strong case that slavery was a major issue. But if you go back to 1861 and you go back to not Southerners, but Northerners fighting and the reason well, they all said the same thing that this compromise said. They were fighting to preserve the Union. They didn't want to see the country torn apart. The South was fighting because they believed that the Southern states had the right to make their own decisions and not be lumped into a coalition of states that had nothing in common with them making decisions that should be done on a state level, level a state's rights issue. By the way, 
the Crittenden and the term Crittenden Johnson resolution came from a senator from Kentucky, John Crittenden, as he helped that come to fruition in 1861, the Crittenden Johnson resolution. So next time you have a discussion about the Civil War and somebody said it's totally about slavery, that's not totally true. It was a lot of, about a lot of things. But this resolution was intended to keep those states together. And if you know anything, you know that Missouri, Kentucky, and even Maryland, to some degree, all had units that fought for the Confederacy. In fact, Missouri and Kentucky both had Confederate governments that at one point had to leave their respective areas, like Bowling Green, Kentucky, was the Confederate capital of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, had to leave and kind of have a de facto government while the war was being raged. It's a complicated story. That's why books continue to be written. That's why you don't. It, it's not summed up in one simple sentence. All wars are complicated. I'm not sure that the Civil War is more complicated than any war we've ever had. And that's a look at our history. Just giving you a dose of revolutionary and Civil War history on the Wednesday edition of y'all. Well, that concludes today's show. Tomorrow, make sure you join us. We'll be learning all about the WC Handy Music Festival taking place this weekend in Florence, Alabama. Go to the Shoals and get a lot of music and food. We'll have all the information on the WC Handy Music Festival on the Thursday, y'all. Plus, we'll be talking Vanderbilt Commodore football with Chris Lee, publisher of VandySports.com. You don't want to miss it. Have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Y'all, the show all about the South with John Rawl. sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title Premium Music Streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan per Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines subject to credit and $3 activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply.